Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey fam, how's it going? Welcome to today's episode. I'm your girl Breed from Free With Breed and today's episode is all about hustle culture and the importance of rest and how sometimes that can just come so unnaturally to us, how we can get so trapped in this cycle of always pushing, doing, being productive, achieving and really to the detriment of our own health, our own physical and mental health. And it's something that's that really came up for me very recently. So I want to dive into my experience with it and then how it feeds into the healing journey, how so many of us can feel like we almost have to be perfect at healing and we have to get it right and we have to keep focusing on it and keep progressing and get the, the achievement, the results at the end of it without giving ourselves sometimes what we really need throughout, which is just pockets of rest, of not having to be focusing all the time on trying to improve and change as a person, because that shit can be tiring. It's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be like the most amazing version of themselves. So it's hard work. So definitely give yourself that, you know, tap on the back, the well done for all the effort that you have put in so far, but also letting yourself know it's okay to rest. You're still worthy if you rest and take a break. So we'll get into that. Before we jump in, I just want to point out two quick things. One, as you may have seen on Instagram, I am now in the midst of creating another online course. So similar kind of format to the 30-day reboot in that it's self-guided, you go through it in your own time, there isn't sort of like the group calls or one-to-one calls with me, but equally so damn valuable. And this one is going to be all about body image, dealing with um, yeah, poor body image, body confidence, body love, body acceptance, all that kind of stuff that I think is so widespread amongst so many women, um, myself included. It's something that I'm always working on myself as well, just because society, everyone around us is just feeding us these messages that our body is not good enough, that something needs to change. What's the new body trend for this year or for this decade? And we've got to fit it. And it's just so much. And what I found in my time so far working in this space, working with binge eating, eating disorders, is so much of it comes down to that worthiness wound of not feeling good enough and it manifesting in your body in that worthiness wound showing up for you for many women in the shape their weight the appearance of their body and that then starts that loop of disordered eating of restricting of dieting because we feel like we need to change our body and we're not good enough so I've been wanting to create a course like this for ages that is focusing solely on the body image side of things that worthiness wound that so many of us struggle with because that's really the root of it for so many of us. And I really want to help even more women, women who don't necessarily struggle with the the binging side of things, but do struggle with poor body image, 
So I'm so excited. I am in the creation process, which is something I love doing. I loved doing it for the 30 day for my group coaching. So I'm very excited. Definitely stick around, stay tuned, especially on Instagram, because I'm going to be asking for a lot of feedback because I'm creating this for you guys with you guys in mind. So yeah, definitely give me the feedback where I'm asking for it. That would be much appreciated. And then the other thing is a quick, much quicker announcement. I currently have a new one-to-one coaching spot open. So it's just opened up and it's for my three-month one-to-one coaching container. So this is me inviting you into that container if that feels like something you're called to, if you've been wanting that very personalized, individualized support on your food and body healing journey, this is the one for you. Pop down to the show notes. You'll get more details there. You'll find the prices. You'll find the application form. Let's get going if it feels good for you. It's one spot. So jump at the chance if it feels good for you. (laughs) Okay, enough of the announcements. Let's get into this episode. Hustle culture. How's it infiltrating your healing journey? How's it infiltrating your life? How is there that entanglement between unworthiness and lack of rest, that need to always be productive and achieving at the cost of not resting, not allowing your body, your mind to take a goddamn break? Oh my god, we are so bloody nonstop in this society, this capitalist-driven society. It's so non-stop that, I don't know about you, but for me, I definitely notice within myself even the, the, the narrative of rest is for lazy people and rest is bad and I should feel guilty if I'm resting too much. I even notice this on weekends. I always still have a to-do list each day. I have all this life admin, all these errands to do. But even once I've gone through them, I'm like standing in my apartment. I'm like, okay, what next? Like, what should we doing next? And I struggle to just chill the fuck out, to just do nothing, like nothing. Not even, oh, now I'll just fill the next half hour with a TV show and then I'll go start making dinner. Like just literally nothingness is so foreign to me at the moment that, well, I'll get to it later, but I have really been needing rest and maybe you have been needing that too. And it's something that really started to come up for me when I, so my boyfriend, he's much better at this whole rest thing. His weekends, you know, he'll do the life admin stuff, but then he will just chill out. He'll just be playing games on his phone chilling on the couch, go for a nap, watch some TV, but not with the sort of intention that I have of like, I need to fill this time before I cook dinner. He knows how to rest. And it's something that I used to see as a fault of his, like a problem. And I was always like, oh my God, why doesn't he want to do anything with this time? You know, it's the weekend, we could be doing stuff, we could be having fun. And it was, it was almost a source of argument sometimes for us. And now I'm starting to realize, wait a second, maybe he is a source of inspiration for me, a reminder that rest is okay and it's needed. And something linked to that that's funny is I remember when I was a kid, probably like around 12, I was on holiday with my dad, my family, and he's like classic workaholic, 
worked in finance, investment finance, so crazy hours. On holidays, he'd always have his, at the time, like a Blackberry, and he'd always be still replying to emails and doing calls while on holiday, like in Thailand or something. While we're all just trying to chill by the pool, he's off doing a call. And my mom used to get mad at him. And I remember specifically one moment I said to my dad, while we were all chilling on the beach, just reading a book, just looking at the sky, and he was on his phone. And I was like, dad, do you even know how to relax? Like, do you even know how to rest? All you do is work. Like, you go on holiday, but you're still not even being on holiday. And he just, like, laughed and, like, shrugged my comment off. But now it struck me that I'm literally falling into the same trap as him, where I have started this business free with Breed over a year and a half ago, and I pretty much haven't taken a single, not pretty much, I, I haven't taken a single day of rest, of not thinking about the business or doing anything, replying to one DM, checking my Instagram. Like I haven't taken a single day of rest in a year and a half. And for a long time, I was fine with that. I was always like, oh no, you know, on the weekends, I have all my pre-planned content. It's not like I'm creating content. I'm just posting it, but low key, you're still, you know, checking the likes after you post it. You're still replying to a comment here and there. You're still thinking about it. It's still on your mind and you're never really taking a break. And maybe my other fellow entrepreneurs, business owners, small business owners out there can totally vibe with this. Like you're even thinking about it before bed. I'll be thinking, oh, you know, I'm reading a book and I'll read the book and I'll, I'll be thinking, oh, that comment really relates to this conversation I have with that client today. Or even just conversation with my boyfriend, I'll be talking about my strategy, my plans for the business. And it's just nonstop. And I seemed to feel fine with that until about two weeks ago. Actually, sorry, one more thing and backtrack. Last August, <clears throat> I went to Italy for four days, my first official and only holiday in this whole pandemic. And I still worked. I still was posting. I still was replying to people's comments and DMs over that holiday. So that's how deep it was. Even over Christmas, I was still working, doing calls and everything. And then two weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast, binge listening to it actually. I'm in love with it right now. I kind of go through phases with podcasts, but this one is called Expanded. So awesome. I'm in love. It's all about kind of the the merging of neuroscience, psychology, and energetic slash manifestation. So it's pretty cool, pretty interesting. Lots of science stuff in there mixed with the more woo-woo stuff, which is pretty interesting. And one conversation they were having was about how to grow from triggers. So basically they were talking about when you have some sort of triggering, triggered moment, how do you grow from that? How is that a learning opportunity instead of just like, oh my God, this is shame on me for being triggered by this, or I'm so mad at that person or this person made me feel this way. Instead of it being a pretty disempowering situation and unenjoyable situation, how can we grow from it? But anyway, they were talking about it and they were saying, okay, pinpoint some moments recently where you were triggered. Now do a bit of a brainstorm. So I kind of like went to notepad and pen and brainstormed why What's the root? Like, what's the root childhood core wound here? That's what they were talking about. They said, instead of looking at the surface level of like, oh, because that person said this mean thing to me, really dive deep and find out what is the core wound that came from childhood. 
in psychology is a theory that basically between the ages of zero to seven, we are in this basically a sponge state with our brain. We're internalizing all of this information. We're trying to understand the world around us. And it's a very, they call it egocentric state, not, not in a way where you're like egotistical, but it's at that age, you just don't have the cognitive level of realizing that there's more depth to things. For example, you think that everything's happening to you because of you. So if your dad comes home late and he's in a bit of a mood, you as a six-year-old or a zero to seven-year-old kind of internalize that and say, oh, what what happened? Like, what did I do that made him be like this towards me? And it, so that's how it's egocentric. It's it's everything revolves around you. So that's where these sort of core wounds come about. They're, they're absorbed in this age when you're trying to internalize the world and essentially all you're trying to do is be loved and accepted, particularly by your caretakers. So the actions and the learnings from them are very important. These messages get internalized into your subconscious and then continue to play out throughout your life. That's why so many of us keep doing the same thing over and over again, the same loop, the same pattern. And we feel like we just can't change it, even though we know we're doing this thing that's not great for us. We just can't get out of it. And that's likely to be some sort of wound or subconscious pattern that's within you and probably has been there for a long time. Depending on the research you look at, it can be zero to seven. Sometimes people extend the age to like zero to 18 or something just in these developmental years. They're so important. But basically, yeah, it's saying that the, the triggering moments that you might have as an adult, the things that really get to you, that cause you to react or do things that seem self-sabotaging or harmful are most likely related to a childhood wound. So long story short, I was like, okay, let me pinpoint some triggering moments recently and let me discover, let me explore what is the wound deep down. There was one where um, I was on this day hike with a bunch of friends recently, like a month ago, and it was a group of us. And usually I prefer to do hikes or like nature kind of things in smaller groups because I just like to just make it chill. I don't have to have the pressure to be talking the whole time. I get to just enjoy the environment. And also probably there's a sense of control as well. Being in a smaller group or a one-to-one thing, I can control more. So I was, the triggering moment was during that walk, one of the girls in the group was talking a lot throughout the day, like leading a lot of the conversation. And a part of me was like angry or triggered or jealous. Um, It was a mix of things. It was like angry, like, oh my God, can't she just shut up? Can't we just enjoy the environment? But then there was another part of me that was like, oh, I wish I had the confidence, the relaxed sense of self to just be able to talk so flowingly for hours and hours on end. Um, Like I was, it was, it was like inspirational, slash jealous slash angry all these things and it was just very triggering and I kind of didn't enjoy the whole day that well and later on I was I was mad at myself oh with my boyfriend I was like oh why couldn't I just go with the flow why couldn't I just either you know be feel okay with being quiet during the day and not be fearing oh are people thinking she's in a mood does she think she's better than us why is she so boring why is she so quiet like can't why couldn't I just go with the flow and be okay with that or why couldn't I go with the flow and chime in with the conversation more so there was first like the triggering moment and then I was pretty mad at myself oh why can't I be different why can't I be normal 
And so I was like, okay, this is clearly a triggering moment. Let me explore what's the core wound here. So I really brainstormed it. And what it came down to was this part of me that for as long as I can remember has been ashamed to be one of the quieter ones in the group. I can remember way back all the way to five years old memories of feeling ashamed that I was shy in front of an audience. I was shy to talk to big groups of people. People uh, all through school, teachers on my report card would be like, she's an A-star student, but she's a bit quiet, but she could speak up more, but, you know, and that was always the criticism or the constructive criticism, but I took it to heart. Or in social groups, if I was being quiet, sometimes someone would even say, oh, why are you being so quiet? Like, what's wrong with you? That is something that always was an insecurity or something I felt ashamed of about myself, especially in this world that kind of glorifies the extroverted tendencies, especially in the workplace. So when I dove even deeper into that, I realized that it was about letting almost my dad down because he's classic extrovert and he's super successful and he was always trying to encourage me to be more confident, to be more outspoken. And I just felt like I could never live up to his expectation. I just didn't feel enough in that sense of myself. Then as I broke it down further and I looked into a few other triggers I won't go into, but basically what I ended up discovering was from as far as I can remember, I associated um, getting love from my parents with, well, the best way to get love that my child or teenage self, well, at least perceived as love was to live up to their expectations or to achieve, to produce things, to have something to showcase how great I am. So that meant you know, trying to be confident, which I just, or outspoken, which I couldn't ever seem to get myself to do. It could be getting amazing grades, being the best at sports at something, really just achieving all the time. And then that, that obviously, when I got older, turned into which university I went to, what my career was, how much money I'm making. But at the bottom of it, the core wound that I discovered was my child self, my somewhere deep down, I still believe that that's the best way to receive love is to achieve and to produce and to prove myself, which really isn't love anyway, because love, true love is unconditional and it's not, there aren't any conditions around, but you must get perfect grades to be loved. Obviously my parents didn't actually, they didn't mean this to come across this way. I even talked to my mom about it. It was just something that my child brain interpreted, assigned meaning to their praise when you did um, do something well. And I was one of five. So when we were at the dinner table on a Friday night, my dad worked crazy hours. So we didn't even get to eat dinner with him until Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, nothing during the week. And it would be five of us and we'd all want to be getting our word in. We'd, this is our chance to talk to our dad and hear what he has to say about us. So you'd all be chiming in with, okay, how can I get his attention? How can I get his praise or his love? So you'd be coming up with the project that you nailed this week or the presentation or the grades or the hockey tournament whatever it was and that really seemed to stick with me so this is a very long-winded story but basically I discovered right that I just had it in my head all this time that I have to achieve to be worthy to be enough to get love this then manifested in my business and I noticed it close to this point of doing this trigger exploration when I made myself a target for how much I wanted to make one like last month and 
I was thinking, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, if I make that much money, I can't wait to go tell dad because he's going to be so proud of me. Like he's going to give me so much praise. I, it was more like the proud thing. I was like, he's going to be so much proud, but implicitly it's, oh, he's going to give me so much praise and love and he's going to smile and he's going to be happy with me. So that once again showed me that it's still manifesting today in my business, in what I do in my life. This also shows up with me not allowing myself to rest because if I'm always chasing love and acceptance, that means I always have to be chasing a goal and achievement, which means I always have to be doing because if I stop, I'm pressing pause on receiving love. So that's something that really came up for me and I'm a part of a business coaching group with like six other female entrepreneurs in a similar space. I told them all about this. They were like, well, it's kind of obvious what you've got to do, right? And I was like, yeah, I just need to take a break. I need to rest. I need to, to do nothing. I need to let my nervous system, my body, my mind feel safe with doing nothing. It's not a threat to be doing nothing. It's not lazy. It's not bad. I don't need to feel guilty. I can do nothing and I'm still just as worthy. I'm still just as perfectly enough and they were like yep that's it you probably just needed to hear it from us like a bit of permission yeah go ahead do that and I was like okay I was like excited okay I'm gonna take rest I'm gonna take off it was like 10 days I'm just gonna chill out I'm not gonna post on Instagram I'm not gonna do anything I'm not gonna strategize I'm not gonna reply to dms I'm just gonna chill out and of course there was a part of me still a bit fearful that story that sometimes you can tell yourself whether it's, you know, taking holidays from work or taking a break from social media, like, what if I fall behind? What if people forget? What if the algorithm on social media punishes me for being off for so long? What if I lose followers? You know, all these stories that you tell yourself, the fear-based part of you that doesn't feel safe with rest, that doesn't feel familiar with rest, is kind of freaking out. But push through and I just focused on the fact that I needed rest. It's productive to be unproductive sometimes. There's this amazing quote, I cannot remember where I heard it, but it has stuck with me ever since I heard it. Even fire needs air. Even fire needs air. So if you want to be shining bright, this burning flame that's just killing it, even you need break. Even you need rest, you need some space to breathe, to relax, to replenish, to be refreshed. Even fire needs air. It was such a great week to relax, to do nothing. You know, sometimes when you stick at something, when you push for too long, when you're so productive, when you're always executing your plans, you can even grow tired or resentful of the thing or lose your passion for it, which I definitely never want to do. I never want that feeling with this business because it's the only thing in my life where I felt like I actually like what I'm doing. I really struggled in my early 20s, feeling very lost, didn't know what career track I wanted to go into. I tried a few things, nothing really landed, and I felt like it was like the biggest problem in my life. I just couldn't find my passion. And then this thing came upon me, this business helping you guys out with something that I've struggled with too something that allows me to be creative, allows me to be myself, 
allows me to help people, allows me to make money. It's just amazing. And I don't want to lose my passion, my fire for it. So even fire needs air. So I know that took a while, but maybe that story brought up some of those wounds in you as well. Some of those stories you've been telling yourself that you've got to work hard to be successful. You've got to achieve for people to love you. You've got to be perfect for people to love you, to be recognized, to feel significant, to feel good about yourself. You've got to keep doing, otherwise you're lazy or you're, you should feel guilty, you should feel bad. If you can relate to that, maybe this is a sign. Maybe you're listening to this because you needed that push to take rest yourself. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean in your business or your work. Maybe it can mean in your social life. Maybe you're pushing too hard. Maybe it's in your dating life. Maybe it's in your healing journey. Maybe it's just all parts of life combined. You know, there's so much we've always got going on. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, tired, resentful, unhappy, irritable, tense, anxious, maybe it's a sign that you just need a goddamn break. Before we go on, I just wanted to jump in and let you know about something that could really, really help you out. So if you've been loving these episodes and all of the tips and it's been super helpful, but you just need a bit more structure and direction, then check out my 30 day reboot course. It's an online course, so you can literally start today. 30 days of content, so each day you get new content in written form, video form or audio just to keep it nice and fresh. The content is exactly the same as what I go through in one-to-ones, so it's amazing value for money. You get some lovely audio meditations along the way as well, and we have a Facebook group so you know you're not alone. There are plenty of others in there. So if you are sick of waiting around and want your life back, you're so ready to kick binge eating out of your life and return to that relaxed, confident, happy version of you that you know is in there deep down inside, then this course is literally made for you. And best of all, it's just the price of a trip to Zara or Topshop, but it is worth so much more than that. It's eye-opening and life-changing, as one past alumni put it. So if that sounds good to you, head over to my website to sign up today, or just scroll down to the show notes. I'll pop a link in there too. All right, let's get back into today's episode. And I know a lot of the time this can be a bit of a circular loop into even binging. I know a few of my group coaching girls at the moment have voiced that when they have just so much going on, they're overwhelmed and they've all their side hustles and they're just busy bees. By the end of the week, all they want to do is just go binge to decompress. But really, maybe what they needed was throughout the week, pockets of rest or, you know, at the end of the week, dedicated, consciously created rest time instead of going to binge because we don't know how else to decompress. So there's definitely, moving more specifically to the healing journey, there is hustle showing up in healing as well. I've seen it in some of my clients. I've heard some of you guys DM me this, voice this to me, where it even shows up in healing. We always feel like we need to be focused on where we're going, on getting from A to B. We feel like we need to be progressing linearly. We need to be perfect at healing. We can't make mistakes. If we do, we feel like a failure. And we're just always trying new tips and tools 
to fix this problem in our life. We're trying to basically apply our overachiever mindset to the healing journey. And that is exhausting. That is tiring AF. I know that, so with my group coaching girls, we've got new content each week. We practice it, we go through it in our group call. And some of them have said, you know, like it's overwhelming at times to be trying to change this thing in my life this thing that has taken over for years, that it's, it feels so sunken into my life, so deeply entrenched. And it's exhausting and it's difficult and overwhelming to be thinking like those, those inner battles with yourself, the mindfulness, the tools, the everything can be tiring. And I get that completely. I mean, I myself am out of that struggle with the binge eating, with the food side of things, but I have my own personal internal struggles too, things that I'm working on to better about myself. I use similar tools to what I teach my clients, my group coaching girls, and it's tiring. Like last week, I even took a break from personal development. I just took a break from trying to do something, to change something about myself. And it was so nice. Like sometimes you just need to chill out, to release the pressure, to just stop focusing for like a week to just stop focusing about trying to fix, trying to achieve your way out of this problem, whether it's binging or whatever it is, body image issues, whatever it is. Sometimes we just need a break from that. Again, fire needs air. And while you give yourself that break, like maybe it's time to just take a breather and acknowledge just how challenging it is and how much work you have put in. And that's great. You're doing so well. You're so perseverant, even through the obstacles, but also at the same time saying, and now it's time for rest. It's time to chill out, to replenish, to just forget about this pretty serious thing that I'm trying to deal with for a while, just to forget about it. That's not necessarily me saying, oh, you know, use rest as an excuse to just say, fuck it, and I'm going to binge all week and not really like care about it. That's not what I'm saying. It's about giving yourself loving rest, rest that will actually make you feel replenished and rejuvenated by the end. Of course, if it does mean you binge during the rest, that's okay. That's probably just a chance for you to say, okay, and this time I'm not going to try to like do all the tips and tricks. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to try to learn from it. I'm not going to try to, you know, pet myself up. I'm not going to try to do all those things. I'm just going to say, and let's chill out, and let's just move on, and rest. It's okay, take a break. Hopefully, if needed, this has given you the spark, the reminder that it's okay to rest, it's necessary to rest, it's safe to rest. And one last thing that came to mind when I was taking my rest was sometimes we, I guess relating to my my childhood wound, right? Like sometimes we don't take rest out of a place of unworthiness. Like for me, I wasn't resting because I didn't feel like I would be enough if I rested. I didn't even feel enough while I was trying to achieve and produce all the time. Just taking note, like why are you not allowing yourself to rest? Is it because of similar reasons to me? Is it just it hasn't crossed your mind? Is it that you have grown up around people who don't rest and so you haven't been exposed to that? It hasn't been normalized for you? 
do you feel unsafe to rest because you're going to fall behind and what are people going to think just explore that within yourself because it can uncover some deeper some deeper stuff to work on rest is okay and just bear in mind that phrase once again even fire needs air it's okay to take a break I encourage you, of course, to take some rest if you need it, if you want it. Actually, on that note, you don't even, it's not always if you need it, it's if you want it. Like, you don't need a reason to rest. It doesn't have to be justified. You can just rest. What's the rush? Oftentimes we're in this, like, there's this sense of urgency or some rush to be getting somewhere, to be producing. And I think that kind of relates to just capitalist society. But what's the rush? You can rest. There's time to rest. It's okay. There's no rush everything's still going to be there when you get back all the tools are going to be there for you when you get back your business your whatever your followers whatever it is everything's still going to be there there's nothing to fear when it comes to rest it just feels really goddamn good and I'm going to still keep trying to implement it and take the learnings that I discovered from my week of rest which mainly were um, to just have more pockets of it throughout my day to stop working so goddamn hard just work a bit smarter, rest, there's no rush, enjoy life instead of working to get to a point where you can enjoy life, like you can enjoy life now, it doesn't have to be at this distant um, goal where of course the goalpost is always moving and continuously being pushed back, so to sum things up, it's okay to rest, rest if you want it, that's it from me, I'll see you guys next time, enjoy your day! And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. If you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life, change someone's day, change their mood or even their life. Be that person. I know I love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me that she's really thinking of me and wants to help me elevate my life alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at at freewithbreed. I'm always open to feedback, so let me know what you want me to speak about, what you love, what you want less of. This podcast is for you after all. Last but not least, here's how to win a one-hour, one-to-one session with me. Enter my monthly draw by sharing this episode or any of the episodes you've enjoyed whether it's on your stories or on a post, and just make sure to tag me at Free With Breed. Simple as that. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you next time.